you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Friday Fun Show. Working title from around the NFL. Your guide to everything to come on Sunday and beyond. I'm Dan Hansis. Got a virtual room filled with some heroes. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler, Patrick Claybon. Hey, fellas. I thought you'd sound more fired up on a Yankees morning, Hansis. Commanders, Bears didn't do it for you? Why would I be fired up about a Yankees-Cleveland uh, rainout on Thursday night? That leads to the game starting exactly when we do this program. Oh, I didn't know it was right now, to be honest. I just figured it's exciting. It's playoff baseball. It's what gets your juices going. We are bringing this thing. We're landing this plane in short order. Nice seven-minute show today. Actually, Dan, uh, there's a comment already from Adam Corner that says, Tugboat pulling the show into harbor. So it's not a plane. We're going to be using uh, your you, oh. the personification of you, starting okay, the show. Okay, cool. That works. How's everybody doing today? It is Friday. It's fun. We're live streaming, of course. So uh, please, please, please be involved. We already see a lot of people in the chat. We got a nice little community building in that realm. And we'll be taking some of your questions and comments throughout the show, like Aaron Klanderman, who asks, I'm feeling a bit more frisky than spicy. Does that make sense? I don't know, Mark. You're going to have to privately uh, interface with Aaron Klanderman to find out that info. I will uh, I will check with him, sure. All right, good. But before we do that, let's start things off. I have to I got to give a shout out for Thursday night games that continually end with the winning team scoring 12 points and the sport of football being set back <laughs> decades. We have a lot of juicy stuff to talk about after these games, and it's, it's no different this week when the Washington Commanders and Chicago Bears squared off at Soldier Field. Let's get into it. Takes the snap, turns to his right, throws toward the end zone. That is bobbled up in the air. Is it incomplete? Yes! Benjamin St. Juice was on coverage of Darnell Mooney, and now the referees are talking about it. 
They think Moody was out of bounds. They haven't decided yet. What's the call? They said he went out of bounds inside the one. <laughs> it's up for the third time in this game. Washington gets a stop inside their own five. And Washington is going to end a four-game losing streak and defeat Chicago 12-7. to Bram Weinstein, the call WBIG. So painful. So painful for the Chicago Bears who come within half a yard of stealing a win here. Really not stealing a win. They should have won the game. But they're a team at this stage that doesn't know how to close and makes killer mistakes that they cannot make up for. Final score, Washington 12, Chicago 7. And it was that close, Patrick Claibon, um, at the half-yard line. If he just catches it, if Darnell Mooney just catches that ball clean, we're talking about something totally different, but he did not catch the ball clean, so we are not. <laughs> Any number of things you could change, Dan. Like, you, you mm-hmm. change one thing over the course of the entire game, and, and the Bears win that football game. That's what was so frustrating. After uh, Justin Fields missed the wide-open tight end uh, for a touchdown, he played spectacular. It, the rest of the team falls apart. Like, they, they dropped multiple balls. Uh, Dante Pettis had a chance to catch a, a touchdown two plays before that. Uh, Fields has an incredible run where it looks like he might score, and it, it, it was just it was constant. All the failures inside the five-yard line. It was one of those things. Like we're we're seeing the entire franchise just fall apart. Al Michaels is calling for the ouster of Dan Snyder, and it's like, oh, there's no way this thing <laughs> we'll goes. Get to that. And then the universe just decides the Commanders are going to win the game. It, it it was it was frustrating to me. I, I didn't even have a rooting interest, but it was just frustrating watching the Bales the Bears continue failing like that. It, it was very it, frustrating. It was because it felt like they deserved to win that one. You know, they had almost double the yardage. I thought this was one of their best games of the year. I think their offense has gotten a little bit better every week. I don't think Justin Fields you know, played uh, that well throughout, but he obviously was let down by his teammates there. And it, it, it wouldn't have mattered if uh, Darnell Mooney just catches that pass. And I understood Ryan Fitzpatrick's frustration on the post game show. And I, I think he just didn't get what they're trying to do on offense. When you're inside the 10 yard line three different times, and there's no designed runs for Justin Fields, He's so good, and we see it when he scrambles. Unfortunately, the best play they have is often him dropping back to pass and then scrambling. He's missing open receivers in terms of not seeing them. Watching the game on Prime Vision where they have the time to throw clock ticking, it was like incredibly stressful because like those two sacks he took early were over six seconds. So the offense is not fitting him. He's not fitting the offense, and yet they're doing enough each week where the last couple of weeks they've been very competitive with the Vikings, and they looked much better than the Commanders last night. They should have won that game. They should be 3-3, three and three, which which would have been a nice story. I'm with you, though. I feel like he just he, he's in an offense that does not seem to – correctly kind of maximize what Justin Fields could be. Sort of he breaks out of it and is two weeks in a row made big plays. I mean, he put them in position to win on that final drive and their red zone scenario, their scheme has been a hot mess for a while now. I don't like the Justin Fields peeling himself off the turf. No. Uh, repeatedly subplot here. I talked about it with Daniel Jones, another young NFC East quarterback or NFC quarterback uh, a couple weeks ago. He's going to get hurt. This isn't me like hoping it happens or putting it into the stars. You can't just take that many hits. So I I admire the guy for his toughness and his ability to hang in the pocket and be like a guy that's like, I'm going to hold on to the ball and wait for something to show up. But also, I thought Kirk Herbstreet, who, by the way, has his hands filled with Al 
And we, again, we're going to get to that. Um, he, I mean, he, Kirk he, needs to help out Al when he when he talks these big topics. It's just like crickets over next. Oh, Kirk is just crickets. Kirk's like, wait a second. I didn't sign up for all these sociological elements yeah. of what the National Football <laughs> League is about. But there was one play in particular early where Herb Street neatly pointed out uh, uh, Justin Fields had a really nice pocket. And a receiver flashes open, not wide open, but NFL open, and he doesn't pull the trigger and then eventually takes the sack. And he needs to be quicker and make those decisions because that's factoring into the beating that he's taking uh, in these games and especially on Thursday night. Yeah, I look at what Washington did and you can't feel good about winning. It's the second straight Thursday night game where I think the winning team doesn't come out feeling especially good. I think with the Colts, at least they feel like okay, maybe we could escape this. We're 2-2-1. and But that was one of their worst games of the year. Uh, The touchdown that that Chicago did score was so Washington. Uh, I think they had 10 men on the field. They were... There was total confusion uh, in in the end zone. Uh, There was another play later where they had to take a timeout because they had 10 men on the field. They seem like they're out of ideas. Like they did that half hard. Like everyone else is going for it on fourth and one at midfield, but they're doing like a very half hearted try to get in offsides. And like Ron Rivera looked like he was smirking because uh, like the attempt was so bad. Uh, the, the 10 men on the field thing I was talking about, they had to use a timeout or they tried to use a timeout because they had 10 men on the field, but it wasn't allowed because none of the players realized they had just used a timeout. And it just feels like they're so disorganized on both sides of the ball and they're just kind of scuttling along and they won this game but when you get like outgained by 180 yards by the bears it's not a good sign but they're both the most sacked quarterbacks in the league and it looks like it and it, and we endured it and i do i do find it interesting um more of like a football note over the last two weeks that we're incredibly spoiled uh in general as nfl fans because it, it, how many uh, how often do people huddle around the water cooler complaining about like a dull NHL game there that's a commonplace scenario we get two bad uh, relatively bad TNF games in a row and it's like a second Vietnam like we, we can barely handle it as a viewership <laughs> and it's like we're gonna survive this these were these were bad matchups bad games but like we're so used to it being the most incredible island scenario week after week that I mean I think we need to make I mean this- as usual, you use a, a different sport as a punching bag uh, to make a point, Mark. But I think it's a little different because the NFL, the NFL is telling the world these are our spotlight games. This is the product we're going to uh, enter into billion dollar deals with major platforms uh, to air this and show it to America. If you're watching a bad, what did you use your example this time? The NHL. I, I if you're NHL watching a bad NHL, NHL game, baseball, you would probably have me removed from the broadcast. So I know I'm just trying to help you with this. So like. NHL game, you just turn it off. It's just a regular game. But the NFL has purposely told you, the viewer, that this is the game to watch and everyone needs to be there. So when we get back-to-back games like this, yeah. And Kirk Herbstreit said during one commercial when they were teasing next week's game, which has the Cardinals in it, so that's a bit of a you know toss-up as well. Uh, we promise it will be better than the last two weeks, which is funny because he can't he can't promise it. Last night was kind of fun. I think last yeah. night might have been so bad. It was good territory. It wasn't that bad. It was the better. Week I was, was definitely better than the previous week. I, I agree with that. But but also the Bears get a couple of yards. They they run some different plays. The ball doesn't bounce off a helmet. And, and I don't think that conversation is happening again. I, I think people really get addicted to the scoreboard when there was a game that held our interest for the entire time. We're all sitting here. Everybody's in the chat talking about it like it's. There's still interest in the game. It was still entertaining. We just didn't quite get one the of the reasons results. why 
people are talking about the game is because what happens after the game when Ron Rivera, again, after a win, and this tells you about the kind of the color around the Washington football team, the skies overhead, the energy around the team. Uh, Ron Rivera was asked about Carson Wentz. You know, he stepped in it a little bit earlier this week. uh, And then there was a question from a reporter about um, some reporting that Daniel Snyder, the owner under fire, had been the one that greenlit or pushed the issue to get Carson Wentz into Washington. So this is Ron Rivera now after a win on Thursday Night Football. So honestly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak my mind for a second. For Honestly, uh, it's been hard. It really has. You lose four games in a row, and everybody wants to get you, you know, just get on you. And they've played their asses off. They have. They've played their asses off for everybody. They come out, and they show up. They work hard. All right? They don't complain. Okay? They hear all this stuff, and they got to deal with it. I get that, and I respect them for that because they're resilient. They come back. Everybody keeps wanting to say, I didn't want anything to do with Carson. Well, I'm the guy that pulled out the sheets of paper that looked at the analytics that watched the tape in the freaking when we were at Indianapolis okay and that's what pisses me off because the young man doesn't deserve to have that all the time I'm sorry I'm done and he walked if you're listening uh to the podcast version of the show Rivera walked so you sense it and uh Greg there's reports connected to um Daniel Snyder talking about having dirt on other owners. And like we said, Al Michaels, who um, is the play-by-play voice, the venerable play-by-play man of the NFL coming on the air and saying outright that that other NFL owners want Daniel Snyder to sell. This is all part of a big wicked stew for Washington. Yeah, I'm glad you connected those two points because that question to Rivera, Dan, was actually a question about Snyder and everything that has gone on this week and that Rivera seemed a little testier about stuff like that. And he answered it. It was feisty. I'm glad he, he spoke how he was feeling, but he kind of pivoted what the question was to his Wentz uh, discussion. And that felt like the Wentz part felt like he's trying to defend his player. He's, he's standing up for his player. He's in a tough spot. He knows he put himself in a tough spot. And that's that's a public thing that he did. He didn't really answer the question. And the fact that Al Michaels said, and I'm just quoting here, he said, quote, just my feeling, I think what the league would love is for Snyder to sell the team is really interesting because we know how connected Al Michaels is at the very top levels of the sport with ownership, uh, the most influential owners uh, with the Park Avenue League office. So for him to say that on a Thursday night broadcast is not said in a vacuum. I, I think he knew what he was saying. And, it, and it's also interesting, you know, when there are reports uh, that that the owner of Je- Amazon, his boss, Jeff Bezos, wants in on being an NFL owner and is in that area. And pe- <laughs> people are connecting those dots. And it's just it's just interesting. It's it's quite a stew. I think I think the the Snyder thing is further along than it's ever been is is what I'm saying in terms of a public and even NFL feeling on it. I mean, of course they want him to sell the team because they don't want him to unleash his information that he has on other owners, right? I mean, that's that's probably the scariest possible reality for them. Um all right. So, there you go. One game in the books, Thursday Night Football, and like we said, the Sunday flagship show, we got you covered with the recaps of all of those games. Uh, Want to check in? Where are we? Hey, Gravedigger, where are you at? Oh, uh, Gravedigger. 
Hey, how's it going? What's up, buddy? Uh, anything uh, to check in in terms of the live stream around the NFL viewers right now? Slash I'd love to get um, a larger collection of questions in, but I have a, a handful here. We okay, can okay, out. we could just cycle Please. through a couple here. Jim, the editor, what is the most dis disappointing unit in the NFL right now? Disappointing unit. I would have to say the Denver offense personally. Uh, anybody else have a contender there? I'll, I'll take the Rams' offensive line. We got the defending Super Bowl champs, and they can't—they they can't do anything. It's, I think it's they're Stafford the only team that has Cup. given up more pressures per game than Washington. To me, that that Washington offensive line really is on them. Whereas Chicago's offensive line, I think, has played pretty well some games, and it's more on uh, fields. I would go Packers defense just because I was told too often that they could be a top five. Def they look—they should be good on paper. The players are good, and yet they're like a bottom ten defense right now. I, I would go Arizona's offense. I mean, I, they're not the sum of their parts. I know they're waiting for DeAndre Hopkins, but they seem highly disorganized. In they find new ways to be disorganized week after week. And I'll throw in the Detroit defense, which I know wasn't supposed mm. to be good, but they weren't supposed to be historically bad. And that's, you know, grit doesn't do it alone. What else we got? Gravedigger. Okay. This gentleman or woman or whatever they are uh, has a demand <laughs> for you. You need to talk about how inept the Steelers coaching staff is. All right. So that's Matt up to Canada. you if you want to follow it. Hopple mop. Matt Canada ran the same play seven times on Sunday. You need to talk about how. <laughs> inept the Steelers coaching staff is uh, Patrick. I'm going to throw this one to you. I, I will only say without having studied it close enough to notice that that was what was going on. If indeed that was what was going on is that they got put in a very bad game script. Um, it was grim. So I don't know what seven plays uh, hopple mop man, woman, whatever uh, you are. Um uh, but uh, that was kind of a, a funky game. What do you got, Patrick? Yeah, it, it was a rookie quarterback making his first start. Uh, on the road against the number one pass defense in the NFL it, it, with a bad offensive line, it just it just wasn't going to go well. The the idea that this staff has some sort of problem, like the, we just watched the Commanders play on Thursday night, like that's a staff with problems. Uh, they couldn't get mm. they couldn't get eleven guys on the field, like that's a problem. That the Steelers uh, starting a rookie couldn't like make the game competitive in Buffalo. I, I don't think we're drawing any long-term conclusions from that. Uh, a listener, Jeff Clark, uh, notes, Claybon yawns at this Steelers question. Wow. Shots All right, what else we got? Hop -hop. That's, a, that, that's a little inside. I like that, Claybon. You have to answer that to that. Uh, Mighty Gazelle, are the Vikings above spicy? No. No. Mark? No, I mean, I think they're, they're, they challenge themselves at, for quarters at a time to be spicy. Um, mm. When they are, they can achieve that. But I don't buy into them as, as the level of spicy we talked about on Tuesday's show. Here's the thing about spicy and frisky. You can be good at football and winning games and still just be uh, like a plain piece of white bread. Bingo. And the Vikings are kind of like that. They can keep <laughs> winning and they're not spicy. I mean, I kind of like the first two quarters Vikings in the right spot. They they look absolutely spicy uh, with the way they, they carry themselves. But the, part of the Vikings experience is that they, they go from spicy to very bland very quickly. Mm. Anyway, one more. Uh, where da cool aid at? <laughs> Took me a second to put it together, but I did. Now that rule is gone. Matt rule, former head coach of the Panthers. Whose butt is the hottest? Greggy. I think it's Ron Rivera today. I think 
if I had to like, I think Cliff Kingsbury is the other one that that comes to mind. And it's weird because I know he's got all that guaranteed money in the contract and Claybon isn't feeling it. But I just worry, Patrick, (laughs) (laughs) for his sake. I think if this season goes south and I could see that, I think his butt will be very hot. By the way, Claybon just went from the opposite of what a yawn is, which was he gave Greg the look like, what? He thinks it's spicy. He thinks it's (laughs) spicy. It's spicy. I like it um, because I didn't think he should have gotten the extension. Uh, But the fact that he just got it and then they're just going to turn hey like having billions of dollars sounds cool like you can just do whatever there's no consequences so like, they did it with josh rosen <laughs> yeah. and they did it with steve Wilkes. so i don't know i'd throw a vote in there for uh old nate hackett yeah depending yeah, on where yeah, this yeah, season that's, goes that's probably that, a better answer that is my my vote as well mr sessler uh, i think he's smelling some burning and then he's like oh it's my own buttocks all right <laughs> I love reading the comments on the side. I know it's not helping out our listeners, but I just would uh, suggest to the other co-hosts here. It is a lot of fun when guys like Neil Kennedy says big spoon energy from Klaibs and Greg. I don't even know what that, that means. That's, but I that, like it's it. facts, Greg. That's all, that's all you need to know. It's facts. <laughs> um, all right. Let's take a break from the comments. We'll get back to that. Uh, but now it is time for that special part of the show. Mm. always that last six seconds or so that gets me the floor is greg rosenthal's it is about him it's about me (laughs) it is about me although it's not about me uh it's gonna start being about brentley weissman the former chargers scout who i spoke about on Tuesday. I've got a two-parter. It's about me. This The first part's quick, and it's just me giving a formal apology to Brentley Weissman. I got the facts wrong, and so I need to apologize. Uh, as a journalist and a man, he was not fired uh, from the Chargers. He left the Chargers, uh, didn't think the pro scouting life was for him. He went into UCLA recruiting. I've now checked out Brentley on Twitter. He's doing great work with the Draft Network. It's good stuff. Good follow on Twitter. And that, that's on me. That's that's my fault. I should not have been just throwing things around willy nilly that were inaccurate. That's big of you, Greg. And uh, yeah, shout out to Brentley and good luck uh, to him and his endeavors. And I will say this all started, Greg, just because you couldn't handle that. I had the scoopage on that Charger situation. And now, look, one of your little squabbles every two or so <laughs> weeks, every fortnight, Greg's in a squabble. And, and look what happened this time. Yeah. And. I don't apologize uh, for many of those squabbles because I continue to see myself in the right. And in this case, I'm uh, 100% in the wrong and I needed to admit it. Now, that's just part one. I would just say just uh, on that topic, I would just stop (laughs) talking now and move on to the next topic. No, no. My point is I'm this one. I'm totally in the wrong. Dan's thing has nothing to do with it. Uh, So my fault, Brentley. And uh, yeah, check it out. Just move. Just move. (laughs) The second the second part is uh, less important but something I feel very passionate about, and that's pickleball. And Dan's going to say, what does this have to do with the NFL? Where's the football here, Dan? It's not about me. It's about you, buddy. It, it's about me. Talk about. Um, Tom Brady just bought a professional pickleball franchise, so it is related to the NFL, and I'm getting mentions like crazy about this Brady pickleball thing. And uh, my official position on this matter is the same people, the same athletes, the same celebrities, the same hedge fund managers that were pushing crypto on you and Bitcoin and doing the laser eyes when Bitcoin hit 50 and was selling you. 
almost to the man are the exact same celebrities and athletes and hedge fund managers who are pushing pro pickleball on you right now. I got no need. I got no use for pro pickleball. You, you want to play it as a recreational sport? That's fine. I got to be careful here. You know, some of our uh, closest <laughs> shadowy league figures here are big pickleball enthusiasts. You, you, you want to play it? Uh, get, you know, some uh, recreation. That's great. Just don't sell it to me as a professional sport. It's, it's unwatchable. The, the people who are excelling in it uh, are just failed tennis players. Oh You're literally God. not allowed to move very far in the game. And if we're talking about promoting it as a professional viewing sport that the tennis channel is trying to push on me, uh, <laughs> it's probably a bad sign when the sport started for retirees in Florida with too much money and too much time. So that that is not a professional sport. You want to get out there. You want to have fun. It's sort of like a co-ed dodgeball thing where you're meeting people your age. That's fine. Uh, do not push it on me as a professional sport. And the same people investing in it right now. These are not the people we want uh, leading us. These are the people that have gotten us into trouble. A lot of hedge fund money, Dan, and it does bother me. And one one last thing I will say. <laughs> okay. One last thing. Because I do you have one more apology happy. to somebody out there. In the no world? apologies no. at all about pickleball. Like I said, play it. Yeah, I don't know where all these people were five years ago, but you got to respect uh, the rules of public spaces if you're going to be doing it. These pickleballers sometimes are putting like their rackets and their nets on the court and trying to claim a public court when they're not even playing on it. And so that's, that's happened and like that, that's not allowed. You got to like understand if it's a public court, uh, you got to let whoever's there just go on it like people just they just put their bags out there they try to like stop it and i'll go out there and start playing these pickleball players swarm like locusts i once dan i had someone tell me that they had the court reserved and tried to kick off me and my young son trying to have fun on a public court and i was like you know what? i've been coming to these courts for five years you're not allowed to reserve courts that they're public they're for everyone like there is no such thing and i didn't leave the court and I did uh, send an email to the town later and found out they were totally lying. Oh uh, they were saying that they reserved the court. So respect the public spaces and uh, just, respect it. And don't respect professional pickleball. Th- these people will not be here in five years, please. All right. Now I could picture Emika getting that full monologue as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Poor woman. Jeez. Big wow, trouble you took on pickleball. Club. You, you can't be, you couldn't be more right, Dan. Although she's with me. She hates the pickleballers. You took on big pickleball there. I don't think it could come back from this. I, I don't think pickleball <laughs> itself can survive uh, the past six minutes. I, I, I don't. I don't think the it home could. Home 17 says Greg's Karen arc. No, oh, please. No. I'm sticking up for the little guys here. The, like a sport that's being promoted by a ton of like hedge fund managers. That's the people you want to back. I don't really have um, a hard uh, pickleball take. I, I've played it before. Um, I think it's very good, especially for people that are a little bit older when tennis becomes a bit of a challenge. And I've seen I've seen it um, in different parks and it feels like a really nice way for uh, people to be active and, and have fun together. So agree. like agree. With but that. I understand like you're a tennis person. So I'm going to respect that you see it as a lesser version and certainly shouldn't be taking up real estate at your local parks. Like I can feel that, um, you know, that's hey, listen, it's about you. So I'm not going to say anything else other than We're I'm glad you got that off your mutual chest. Respect, just respect the space, respect the the other uh, players. I haven't been 
picking up a lot of that. And don't try to put it on TV. Like, what are we investing in here? Stop this. Yeah, clearly I respect Greg's passionate defense of tennis, but I also love uh, the jabbing at the speculative investment all-stars who just chase the next thing. Like if the Harlem Shake was a thing right now, they'd be trying to invest in it. Um, yeah, just just chill out. Like just because it's the thing doesn't mean it's going to be the thing right. in, in 15 years. Like Like chill out. I do respect that Tom Brady may have a few extra costs coming his way based on uh, reports out of the Tom Giselle household. So well, yeah, you know, because he it. lost all that Bitcoin money. Yeah, it's hopefully like, he invested well, in, <laughs> in actual resources. Right. It's <laughs> like if Elon Musk was a sport, he would be pickleball. That's, that's, that's <laughs> the final all right. We have a little treat for the audience. Welcome <laughs> oh, to wow. This Guy Gets It with Mark Sessler. Today, the NFL tackles the controversial topic, injury in sport. And now, your host, Mark Sessler. During Thursday night football between the Bears and Commanders, an international audience was given a first-hand peek into one of sport's unavoidable bugaboos, injuries. We watched with trepidation as Commander's quarterback Carson Wentz shook and waved his throwing hand after it collided with a Bears defender on a pass attempt. He shook it violently, hoping that whatever discomfort had attacked his tendons, his nervous system, his joints, would magically go away. It did not, though, because that is not how the human body works. And ultimately, it provides us with a great lesson about the raw nature of sport, the natural tension between the athlete and their tool the human body. It is quite different than you being in a cubicle and having a paperweight your child made you tumble over onto your ring finger. When an athlete is injured, it affects not only their personal performance, but the potential of the team around them, and from a bird's eye view, our enjoyment of the game itself. Join us next week when we'll dive into the on-field term chain gang, a playful way to zing the game's officials or an out-of-date, unsightly celebration of our overcrowded prison system. This has been This Guy Gets It with Mark Sessler. Needed it. Needed that because it's that level-headed viewpoint on sports that has made This Guy Gets It a sensation. And I believe episode one was also related to injuries. Um, So I like that this is kind of the corner, at least in this season, (laughs) of This Guy Gets It. Just like injury talk. Well, I think injuries have evolved. And so that was last year's take. Uh, it needed it. I wouldn't call it a part two, just a more evolved form of last year's take. I get that. I get that. Very good, Mark. Hey, it's time now for the Greg Rosenthal week six injury minute presented by Acrisure cream for your butt. Uh, Kyle Pitts, he's back this week. So put him back into your fantasy lineups. I know he's struggled, uh, but he's okay. Uh, Jonathan Taylor looks like he'll be back this week. Shaq Leonard will not. T. Higgins back at practice on Friday. Jonah Williams, their left tackle, though, out. That could be big-time trouble on uh, Sunday. James Conner looks like he's going to be out. Rashad Bateman was not seen at practice Wednesday or Thursday. We haven't gotten a practice report yet on Friday. Pat Pat Fryermuth practicing despite being in the concussion protocol, so it sounds like he might be back. P.J. Walker will start at quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, and Wandale Robinson and Leonard Williams both trending towards playing for the Giants. Getting a little healthier, Danny. You worried about that lock? 
I, I locked the Ravens over the Giants. I am not concerned. Baltimore will roll. Anything else we want to check in with the uh, the listeners slash viewers, Mr. Grave Digger? Will you dig my grave? Will you make it shallow so I can feel the rain? Delome again, 17. What below 500 team? That was a Dave Matthews solo single from 2006. What below 500 team would you not be surprised if they made a Super Bowl run below 500? So two and three or worse. That's a toughie. Rams? Ooh. I I would go uh, Bengals, I would throw in there, as a more likely one than the Rams, I think, right now. The Raiders' schedule is very soft, and I think they have life, um, even though they're one and four. But if the question is make a Super Bowl run, that's strong. Uh, Saints. Let's do that. All right. Very good. What else we got? Uh, Rosendoza, if you could do it all over again, who would you pick as team of ATL? Uh, there are no reverse gears in this tank. I would not change anything. Uh, I'm, I'm not jumping off the ship either. I know I locked against. Well, I didn't lock against the Patriots, but I had a bad vibe about the Lions last week. Uh, but I still think we need to support them now more than ever. Okay. I agree. I Mark would change it, apparently. Yeah. It, it was in our hearts. We all believed in it. We all agreed on something for once, too. So I'm sticking with it. Owen oh, Jay, why does Dan hate the Cardinals so much? Because they're poorly coached <laughs> and underachieving and kind of annoying and bad to watch. It's, it's a very the bar is what the bar is. And it's like, that's why I don't like watching them, because they stink and they shouldn't stink, but they do. What else? Michael Pret. If the Eagles win this weekend, when will their first loss Ooh. come? Patrick has the answer to this, actually. He's looking oh, to the yes. future. Yes, I, I have searched uh, my feelings and, <laughs> and the facts that they will lose uh, to Indianapolis in a uh, <laughs> in, in a odd Frank Reich kind of sort of revenge game uh, on November 20th. The, the next four <laughs> games are Steelers, Texans, Commanders, and Colts. They also have a bye Whoa. week there. So they, they really will be heavy favorites to go 10-0 and 0 if they happen oh to win this goodness. game. That and their, their schedule does not get much tougher after that either. It really doesn't. I feel even more confident now that the, the Cowboys will steal one here, and then they'll win another four in a row, and it won't even matter. So they'll be 9-1 and one or running away with the division at that point. Uh, one more, Mike. Uh, one more, AJ Garner. What do you guys think of getting rid of punts altogether? Crazy rule change, but would be fun. I am. Oh, Mark. No. Go ask Bill Belichick about that. I mean, I think like the, I, I get, I get what we're doing here with that question, but like then what we're having? Look at the Cardinals. Some of these teams that have thirty-four yards in the first half. That's going to lead to absolute lopsided messes where they're having to go for it on fourth down. I guess you couldn't have the other team start at a certain place, but punters are relatively important human beings that do have a place on these <laughs> rosters. I don't want them ejector seated out of the NFL entirely just yet. It is football. Yeah, yes. we don't need to be like taking it. things out of football. We need to be putting things, putting fun things into football. I'd be fine taking out extra points, which is close to a punt. Uh, but uh, punts, no, that's way yeah, too Yeah, but fun. people are I missing like, them left punts, and right. Like, punts I are kind important. Of, they're, you they're, need a punt. You need to punt when it's fourth and 20 on your own 20. Well, what remember, are you going to do? Mark, when you, we used to do all those uh, ATN posts and, well, here's the lighter side of sports. Um, there was that po uh, guy a few years back, the high school coach that made a name for himself by never punting ever. 
and uh, he was dominant. And then he went to college and said, I'm going to be the same guy I was. And even at the college level, he was quickly outed as a fraud and a scamster. Uh, and I think lost that job quickly. Yeah. Um, I don't know who it is, but he was some guy. Uh, anyway, um, let's he now finish it, things up. He got up. it remember, worse than pickleball. <laughs> remember, guys, I need to watch a baseball game. So we are now going to move to uh, the week six predictions starting uh, before we do that, let's go through what we did last week. I had the Lions would lose to the Pats, which I want to say ding, but I also said that the Patriots would run for over 200 yards on the ground, and I believe it was about a buck 80. So, again, integrity stands above all with old Zeuser. I will oh, take wow. the L there. Unbelievable. What? I mean, the integrity off the charts. Mark, <laughs> Jets win by 10. Ooh, he's he's halfway home. Uh, but Zach Wilson throws for 350 plus yards and four TDs. Yo, that didn't happen. I think Mark had a second prediction as well, but I'm not seeing it written here. I'm it was sure that, that the Falcons would win by 10 plus, which we'll just we can Yo, forget. Boy. Thanks for omitting that. That, that okay. So we got a we got a double. So a we got a double L there. Greggy, Travis Kelsey is awesome. I mean, you got to admit. He scored four touchdowns in the game. I said Travis Kelsey's awesome. That delivered. It did. And we, you know, we said that you were hanging shallots on that, but to, to have four scores, I, you got to give it up. I also, I still don't understand why the Raiders didn't cover Travis Kelsey at the one yard line for any of the touchdowns, but that was their decision. For ultimately. Greg, I think probably for Greg. Yeah. Yeah. Greg, uh, we're going to give you your first check mark. That's a big, that's a big W for Greggy. And fi- finally, Claybon, you also had multiple predictions. Well, one uh, was had, purely emotional. Right. Travis Etienne scores two TDs and a win over the Texans, and then he threw that one out. He didn't score. Uh, and he did said, have a good game, though. His best game of the season. And then you said the Lions, as a counter to my uh, pessimistic take on Detroit, you said that Jared Goff and the Lions would go off in New England. So not a very good week overall, Greg. Thank yep. you for giving us one W. Um, and uh, let's now get to this week's predictions, starting with Claybon. All right. Uh, I'm looking forward to a Browns win. Nick Chubb, three touchdowns. Is that is that too Gregish? Should I should I go a little bit farther? Three or? touchdowns is good. All right. That's, that's, that's so that's so much. I mean, you want to get these right? Yeah, but at that, some that was point. why Has we he were ever scored you, three touchdowns. That's why we were giving you a hard time, Greggy, last week. Is that you're just like Travis Kelsey will be good? We're like, well, give us something. Give us numbers. Give us something tangible to track, which is what Claybon just did. Give yeah, and have I talked about this this week? Give Nick Chubb the ball a lot. You've mentioned lot. that. All right, Mark, your turn. All right, um, it is another two-parter, a uh, or one. Um, a non-quarterback will score five touchdowns this weekend. Book it, book it. And number two, a Titans player Why or two? Titans, huh? Why two? Because the, these both are, this is my double lock of the week. Where like if you're if you're like listening to those radio stations with like the mafia dudes, like they give right. you the, the absolute lockdown <laughs> thing. This is part two. A Titans player or Titans players will get into a whole bunch of trouble during their bye weekend. <laughs> okay, you understand though if that happens, but the other one about the five touchdown doesn't happen. You don't get the check mark. Just to be clear. I could get both, and you would find a way to not give me the full points. So I'm not concerned about the, how this, this is. is how this the is what's called is self-sabotage. He's not even giving himself a chance to win. What if I get both right? How about I believe in what I predicted here? Greg? Okay. Yeah, Clay, Claybon, by the way, uh, Chubb has scored three touchdowns in a game twice in his career in All 70 right. games. All right, so three times next week. All right. 
Uh, also, a lot of comments that uh, Claybon's just face, like during the show, uh, is a big star here. So people should check it out on YouTube. His reactions, his silent face, silent movie reactions. I'm going uh, what a pretty face light it is. here again. Beautiful Cooper, man. Cooper Rush <laughs> turns the ball over twice. And the hype train ends. The Eagles defense ends it with a thud with a couple turnovers here on Monday night. I got to say, I feel better about Mark's lock, the Eagles, on Monday night than I do about myself after looking at the injury reports here with the Giants. Maybe I'll flip it. I'm not ready for that yet. But Cooper Rush has a couple turnovers in an ugly L. And finally, my fearless prediction, our man Mark Sessler celebrated kind of an overlooked birthday for many people this week, the big four nine. (laughs) And he tried to keep it under the radar on account of, you know, the ongoing negotiations with his own mortality. But we need to spotlight this man. My prediction for week six or really leading up to week six. Mark celebrates tonight and tomorrow in a unique Cesslerian way that probably includes a 2 a.m. walk up Cielo Drive. But maybe some other stuff too. <laughs> Happy birthday, friend. <laughs> oh, look at that photo. A little slideshow for the people watching. I, I grabbed some photos from my archive. Let's just oh, cycle you. through these for the people. I, uh, look, here's Mark interviewing <laughs> Hugh Jackson years ago, looking well. intrepid as hell. Now, Mark, you can't change your behavior based on this prediction. You have to party too hard if that's what you're feeling. In uh, your Dan heart. knows me well. Yeah, let's keep going with the photos here. This is uh, with my father and my brother, Kevin Danger, at a uh, Bud Light Super Bowl event. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) That's Mark with his lost daughter. Yeah, it's Uh, my daughter. He has not done a good job raising her, but here is our New York Super Bowl, sitting with Chris Wessling and wearing matching I Love New York hats. (laughs) I love that one. And here we go. This is from the Arca Media Christmas party with Hanson Hank. And look at Mark. What a stunner. Like a soft gel camera there. I like that. That was very soft. That was where, like, the friend, like, the the hot friend on Instagram picks the picture where she looks the best, where her friend looks the best, (laughs) because Dan looks great in that picture. I did did look good in that that photo. And here, wait, go back, wait, go back to the other one. (laughs) This this? is the 2012 draft. That's Johnny Manziel being whisked up the stairs at Radio City Music Hall (laughs) to party with Drake and probably do things that uh, he wouldn't want anyone to know about. And there's Mark with the big smile. And oh, one I more. photographed with was doomed like a year later. And one more. This is the only photo on record of Mark eating. Mark, you ate a sandwich with a fork? Apparently. I mean, at least you were eating. I don't know. And he was so happy about it. <laughs> what is that shirt? Thank you. I appreciate that very much, uh, Dan and I, others. Happy birthday. I have another apology to, to make. The Your story. birthday did sneak by us here. So happy birthday, Mark. Thank That's you. But I, I kept it under the radar in, in hardcore fashion. So it's, you know. Who know guys don't know other guys' birthdays? I do you? I never do. No, well, I never do. Now we do. <laughs> now yes, everybody do. send happy birthday to Mark and his wild weekend to come. And uh, it will be a wild Sunday in the NFL, which we will track on the flagship program. Be there Sunday night. Till then, be the call. Thanks, everybody. Go Yankees. Death to pickleball.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Com slash compatibility.